Genesis Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello and welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 3, season 22. Uh, although technically this should be episode 4 because we've already done episode 3, but inadvertently didn't record so that means we're doing everything again twice this is groundhog day and i have to give credit where credit's due to uh friends of the show not been on for ages who are actually reliving this whole piece all over again with me so sean johnston and alex carani welcome back to absolute rally Hi, Tony. Deja vu. It's, uh, it's <laughs> wonderful to be here again. It's fantastic. Too bad they won't hear the, uh, the greatest podcast in the world. Yeah, definitely the one that the one that didn't record is without doubt probably the best piece you'll ever do in your career. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll do a good tribute to it. That'll the, uh, that'll be forever referred to as the one that got away. That could have been the that could have been exactly. the decisive one. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Um, first up, boys, um, I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna I'll check in with you each individually. Sean, safe and well. I'm hoping. Safe and well. Yep. Yeah. Just uh, excited to be getting ready for Arctic Rally. Feeling just about back to 100% after the concussion COVID one-two punch that I experienced at the end of last season. So, if you yeah, gotta, I wouldn't do it, Sean. Say- you might as well do it properly, mightn't you? Yeah, that's exactly it. Is it no no half things? Is it when when then uh, then then properly? Yeah. Good for you. Good yeah. for you, Alex. Obviously, goes without saying. Safe and well, ready for Arctic. Yes, yes, for sure. Ready for um, yeah, some fun in the snow in a rally that's a little bit less logistically challenging than uh, Rally Monte Carlo. Okay, well that's that, that, that's reassuring to know. I, I was involved in some of the trials and tribulations of some of the teams getting to Monte, so I know what a lot of people went through, especially coming from the UK, by the way. But uh, that, that that could be a podcast in itself, trust me, so we won't particularly go there. But um, Sean, um, another year with with Santa Lock, obviously this is this third year now, and it must, I suppose, Santa Lock's just home, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it feels good. We have a we have a good working relationship. Uh, they treat us well. Um, we really enjoy the the work together. Um, and yeah, is it, if it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So we're we're just keeping a good thing going. How um, you know we're, 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 well, it's the year three now of going into the the. We had this debate even yesterday. I was just about to call it an R. I'm just going to call it an R5, Sean. I don't care. Right. <laughs> For this episode, we we deem it the R5 car. Thank you. Uh, how about that? Yeah, that's that? cool. That's cool. So the R5 Cheers. car, um, it feeling more yours and at home now? Does it feel like that's where you belong? Because I, I, I can only speak personally. The jump... You know, I've I've tested some R5 cars, and from going from an R2 car to an R5 car, it was like getting into a spaceship, and it wasn't real. It felt like <laughs> it genuinely felt like a computer game. You know, it, it just doesn't feel real. I don't know whether whether you had that kind of uh, feeling. You you were a lot more experienced than me with your background, but to me, it was like getting into a computer game, jump, jumping in an R5 car. I mean, for me, it just it feels a lot more natural. Um, is it you know coming from the sports car racing background? I'm used to cars with lots of power. Um, and also having the the rear wheels actually working with me is that, you know, all the sports car stuff I ever driven was only rear wheel drive. So for me, it was actually unnatural to be trying to figure out what to do with these front wheel drive R2 cars. So, um, yeah, jumping up into the R5 car for me was uh, a breath of fresh air and felt more natural and I felt more at home. And, you know, it's just with the, the cockpit, all the, the dash, um, everything, it feels more like a, a proper 
yeah, race car, a proper rally car inside. So um, definitely feeling at home, loving it. Um, and for sure, the extra speed. Um, it's been, I think the biggest change has been working with the notes to try and simplify, uh, simplify those. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. And especially on gravel, feeling more and more comfortable. You know, Monty for us was only the second event that we had ever competed with the R5 car on. Yeah, tarmac and to call Monty a tarmac rally is kind of hilarious, <laughs> especially the the Monty that we experienced um, this past or this year. Uh, you know, it was it was three different rallies over three different days, from a tiny bit of dry running to rain and mud to snow and ice to everything in between. It was just bonkers. So, um, but yeah, I'm 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 loving it and uh, really really grateful to be in the R5 for sure. Alex. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to something that that, that Sean's just said there with regards to notes, but obviously, you know, you, I always, I suppose, because of your time here in the UK, I always think of you in R in, in R two cars and also in in, in Group M four wheel drive cars. From your point of view, now being in these, you know, it is a hell of a jump, isn't it? It is kind of like getting into a rocket ship at first. How is it for you, perception, and obviously, you know, I'm assuming you'll be a lot lower down as well in this car. Um, yeah, so I mean, I always sat quite low down in the R2 cars, so now I'm actually still in the same position. Um, I can just barely see the road, which is how I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, I was quite used to the R2 cars. In some ways, when you're in kind of like a medium to fast speed flowing section, the rhythm can seem, uh, you know, quite similar. But uh, of course, things are coming a lot more quickly. And actually, what's nice is you never slow down really you know you you always keep a quite consistent rhythm throughout the stage since the cars just accelerate so so quickly um i think you know definitely there are some challenges i think you know the rallies on gravel like estonia where you know you need to think quite far ahead about how far you're going to be flying when you're going to land and when sean needs to know to be able to start slowing down for the corner after he lands um then there's you know a lot to think about and a lot to to hold in your head especially with the amount of detail that uh, Sean has in his notes. But, you know, in general, it's also just a lot more fun that everything's coming a lot more quickly and you can be in that rhythm and really find that rhythm and stay with it the, the whole stage. Can, can I ask, and this may sound like this will either make complete and utter sense to both of you or certainly to, to, to one of out the two of you, or you'll you'd be looking at me as if I'm bonkers asking something like this, but how much of a difference in your backside, Alex? is the R5 car now because you feel everything obviously from a co-driving point you, you feel everything in your backside don't you? you know it's not very often you're looking up if you're looking up from your notes normally something not great is going to happen <laughs> so how attuned is your backside now to an R5 car I suppose the question. <laughs> uh, I mean it's fairly attuned but I think I'm a little <laughs> bit odd where I do I do actually use my eyes a lot so um, you know I kind of look at the road and then sort of have the next note in my head and I start calling the note based on you know what I'm seeing um, just so I can try to time it a bit more precisely so um, as you mentioned about the seeing position because of that I do need to be able to see at least a little bit of the road um, and then uh, just use the use the backside as I normally do but I don't I don't rely on that to, to orient me it's just a little extra feeling that um, you know if I get it it's it's great but I still rely on my eyes a lot I do a lot of video work so maybe that's why um, but uh, but, uh, yeah, I have the feeling of it now. That's right. Sean, I know this, this may seem, I, I actually sit incredibly upright. I get, I get 
not to put too far a point at the piss, taking out me something ruthless <laughs> after, <laughs> over the years of how I've sat in a rally car. Seat yeah. position-wise, uh, how does it work for you? I always felt, uh, whether it's psychologically for me, with a front-wheel drive car, I always kind of want to be up almost like I'm on top of the front wheels. Uh, and uh, the, ironically, when I have done tests in four-wheel drive cars, I've always felt more comfortable being a little bit further back. How does it work for you? It's been sort of the an, an ongoing joke with Santalak and me that I'm changing my seat position every single event. <laughs> um, the, I, I feel like the the homologated seat brackets, um, yeah, the mounting brackets and the seats that we have is that I've really struggled to actually find a position where I feel um, super happy in 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 the car. Um, I think at Monty we finally nailed it, but I'm I'm. Not as as sort of reclined as I used to be in the in the sports car racing stuff, um, but I certainly uh, like my feet to be far out in front of me, and I like to have the steering wheel close, and I like to have sort of this this more upright spine, but uh, but not completely up on top of the on top of the wheel. And uh, yeah, so we've tried several different seats: the Sparco seats, the the Atex seats, and um, yeah, I think uh, I think we finally found something that works. But uh, yeah, I'd say somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle is where I, is where I've sort of landed. Have you have you during this process have you discovered what what the French is for pain in the ass? <laughs> um, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I I, uh, I think they have several different words for, for me. I mean, it's we we every at the beginning of every weekend, it's check the seat and has anything changed? No. Why does it feel different? Everybody laughs. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a bit ridiculous, but it's it's good. It's good. Um, I mean, I also think that for for the tarmac and the gravel rallies that I also want a little bit different things is that I think for the, the gravel rallies where I'm really looking um, into the cuts uh, a bit more and, yeah, I think I do want to be a little bit higher and a little bit more up on, on the wheel for those and then on the tarmac stuff. I don't know if it's just my sports car racing feeling is that I want my body to be a little bit more in that sort of race car seating position. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're figuring it out. It's, it's still, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, the Monty was only the second tarmac experience in this car. So, um, but we're, we're getting by for sure. I suppose, um, the other thing I want to come to, obviously, we, we talked about the relationship with Santa Lock and I suppose being three years in when, you know, we, it's hard to talk at the moment about rallying and events and things like that without obviously we're, we're talking about COVID and, and, uh, and, and, you know, as much as I don't really want to make podcasts about specifically about COVID, it's very difficult. Uh, it's like the elephant in the room, so to speak. But f- f- sure. for me, I was, you know, looking at all these guys and you know, the commercial decisions that people have made and, you know, to go, rallying and with commercial backers and things like that and i must admit for you i was really kind of thinking you know wow this 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 could be really tough for sure now we know obviously that your, your long-term partner you know is, a, is is an american company and it's a company that's been with you you know from very very early on you know how tough a sell was it to, to, to those guys for for you to keep going well, so I'm very, very grateful that in, in the midst of the, the pandemic times is that um, people are still buying berries. So, you know, the, the support from Driscoll's Berries um, has remained unwavering. And that's something that I'm incredibly grateful for is that, uh, you know, with actually with all the, the restaurant closures that people aren't spending money at restaurants, which means they're, they have more money to be spending at their supermarket. And the, the sales of berries have actually gone up throughout the pandemic. So, Driscoll's is, you know, they remain 
um, a very successful company and they're doing really good business, even in these, these challenging times, which um, is something I'm very grateful for because I know that there's a lot of companies that are really, really struggling in these times. So um, for me to, to be able to keep, um, you know, trusting on their support is, uh, is something huge and something that I'm really, really grateful for. Was it, and, and this is just, just kind of come to me and we, we, you know, obviously there's, there's been a lot of passion, of course, uh, from various quarters over the last, you know, certainly recent, um, recent times about trying to get a WRC event into the States. And obviously a lot of that was down to, you know, the different brands that were, were, were obviously using, um, the WRC as part of their marketing. Was there any, re, you know, was there any reluctance for, the, for, 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 for the guys that are putting the funding in with regards to using a car that, you know, I don't know how big Citroen's uh, sales are in the states, if if any at all. Was there any resistance with regards to any any kind of brands or anything like that? No, there wasn't any big, um, you know, question as to what what car we would be in. Is it you know Driscolls and um, you know the people at Driscolls who are really behind this story? Um, they're really supportive of Alex and I becoming the first American crew to be full-time in the world rally championship, you know, which is, which is our stated objective. So they're, uh, yeah, they're an American company that are looking to support this, this American crew. And so, um, the steps along that path is that if it, if it's putting us in a French car, which we feel is the right financial situation for us to do. Um, and also a good, you know, sporting situation as well as that you know, Santa Locke's experience and the, um, the engineering support and you know the skill of the mechanics, you know everything the the logistics, you know the testing we're able to organize before every event is that yeah we feel that with Santalock we have a really really good package um, all around that's also financially uh, super competitive. So um, yeah, from that point it's you know French car doesn't matter is that as long as it's the what we feel to be the right step along the path then that's where that's where we need to be. Alex, if I can, if I can come to you, obviously, you, 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 obviously you are American. I think that's a given. Um, we, 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 I think we kind of semi. I'm British now too, though. By the way, have you, 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 you're a dual. You, you've got a dual yeah, nationality. Dual wow, get you. That, yeah. that 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 means you can you can look at people in the cube and get really pissed off and not say hello. That's yeah, kind of standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how you can go with this. But if I can come. To, 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 to you with regards to obviously, you know, I love when, when Sean mentions about the story and everything else. And obviously you're part of the story because of, you know, where you come from. Um, was there, was there always an aspiration to be with an American driver? Because, you know, I've known a lot of the lads who you've sat with, certainly in the UK anyway, um, over the last kind of 10 years. Was that always the, the ultimate goal for you too? Or was, was that, has this just become now like an added bonus? Actually, I'd say it's, it has always been the long-term goal is just didn't really seem possible for a long time. Um, it's always been my dream to see an American in the world rally championship. Um, and unfortunately that hasn't really happened throughout, <clears throat> you know, the majority of my life. Um, but it's pretty cool now to be in a position where I can actually have a very big influence in, in making that happen. So, um, yeah, it is. It was exactly my goal the whole time. Is just never really saw any opportunity until you know Sean sort of turned up out of nowhere. Turned up out of nowhere, or just knocking on your door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, I'm, I'm Sean Johnston. Come and sit in the car next to me, please. Yep. 
Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much literally the Facebook message that Alex got from me in what would, have, would have been March of 2018. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, so, so this, this, this is like dating, isn't it? So were you Facebook stalking him then? Is that how this worked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to, I had to make sure he wasn't, you know, completely naive and at least, you know, pretty, you know, reasonably legitimate. So, um, yeah, no, I checked it. I was familiar with the, you know, the GT Academy, um, and the competition that he did. I, I had watched the show. Um, actually the person that had, uh, raced against Sean and, uh, unfortunately, you, well, I guess fortunately in the long, in the long term, yeah. yeah, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that won the competition. He was actually my, my teammate in a Richard Burns rally uh, league <laughs> that, right. that I used to do back at the time, which is which is a bit ironic. But um, no, I was familiar with it, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, legitimately has the the skills to, um, to to drive a car quickly, and he has experience in motorsports, and it looks like he's really passionate about rallying, and he's starting off in exactly the way I would think. I you know I think would be best. You know, I always thought the the Opal Rally Cup was the most cost effective competitive way to get into international rallying so you know i was like he has potential he has the right approach um you know this is something that i definitely need to support um, he, he, he also had an epic mustache at the time <laughs> yeah, that, that is that is true although you know it wasn't in photos yet <laughs> the, that's true the branding around the mustache had not had not happened yet so i was, I was unaware i saw all pre-mustache photos of Sean when I was doing my well, the, big, the, the big shock <laughs> I got from, from the podcast that will never be heard by anybody that we recorded yesterday is that Sean's lost the tash. <laughs> yeah. And, and Shocker, I'll be honest right? with you, Sean, bombshell. bombshell. I, 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 it was a bombshell, and, and I think that's why the recorder didn't actually kick in. I think the recorder, I'm not having this. <laughs> couldn't handle it. Couldn't yeah, handle it. So we'll, we'll see if it happens the second time. It couldn't handle it's so your fault. It's your fault if it does. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I, we asked the question, obviously, yesterday, which nobody's heard, but the, the reason the tash went was? Um. Well, so one, I was just kind of getting sick and tired of it after four years of having this crazy thing on my face. It was kind of feeling like a time for a change. But then that was compounded by the the reality of just wearing that kind of mustache under a mask constantly is just such a massive pain in the ass that, you know, the, the annoyance was was just multiplied. Um, and yeah, and then, you know, you know, when you're eating, food's always getting stuck in it. You know, when you're drinking a nice cappuccino, you're getting foam and frothiness stuck in your stash. And you know, <laughs> my girlfriend was totally fine with it, but it, it's just, it's always getting in the way when you're knooching. Knooching so, yeah, I mean, is a fantastic word. Yeah, it's <laughs> the, the, ger- the German word for smooch, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was just, yeah, on so many different levels, it was time to go. So actually for my 30th birthday, I decided, you know what? You know, spur of the moment, mustache is coming up, coming off, and uh, and yeah, I shaved it. But yeah, like you said, that nobody has really known because you know, in all the um, you know the interviews that we're doing on WC Plus and stuff like that, is that I'm I'm always wearing a mask. So I know, but uh, you know, I, I suppose you know, I think I said jokingly about having a mask with a with a mustache on, but it kind of you know, and and listen, you know, I suppose it doesn't really matter at the moment because obviously everything's closed to the public and stuff like that, but. It was kind of, it was kind of like a brand, wasn't it? I thought that was kind of almost the thought it, process. It was a kind it. of a brand. It absolutely was a brand. And yeah. you know, the, the the crazy American with the mustache is that I think we've we've sort of established ourselves with the with that, which is which is great, so that people know who we are. Um, and I think it served its purpose. And most importantly, the spirit of the mustache remains. So, <laughs> 
<laughs> even if the mustache is gone, you know, the, the steer of the sash is, is still there. So, um, yeah, who knows? It, it might come back at some point in the future. It might not. But, uh, yeah, I think it's always going to be part of the story, and it's, it's something that fans are going to remember and be stoked on. And so that's, uh, I'd say, already mission accomplished there. No, absolutely. And, and the stash has been preserved. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Somebody's got oh, it. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. That was a question from yesterday. Thank you, Alex, for reminding us. Um, a good friend of mine, uh, as I was thinking about cutting it, he said, you know what? You should, you should do it all, you know, wax it all up and then cut it off in that wax position and then put it in a frame. And I said that that was the best worst idea I've ever heard of in my entire life. And so when it did come time to, to cut it, I waxed it up and, and I very carefully cut it off sort of in one or in two big chunks, the right side and the left side. And then I, I put that in a in a frame and I gifted it to my friend for Christmas. So, yeah, the the stash remains who, and it will continue to remain. Who would have thought that bodily hair would would prove to be a valuable Christmas gift? <laughs> right? I mean, who knew? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? But. Is this why? This why we have to address this now. We have to balance this out. Is this why Alex, you're going for such big hair at the moment? Are you just growing Christmas gifts for next year? <laughs> I never thought about that having like uh, a full fro as a gift to someone. But um, yeah, if, I'm, if I'm running out of ideas come Christmas time, I'll uh, I'll think back to this and thank you. <laughs> good man, good man. Uh, Sean, just obviously we we spoke about we spoke about Triscolls and stuff like that. When you sit down at the beginning of a year and you've sat down obviously at the beginning of this year and we, we I think we all appreciate that this year is is, is kind of a, a moving object almost what what are the what are the objectives where where are the stepping stones for you where where are the the markers that you're aiming to be um i mean so for me it's just consistently building my uh, my performance and and narrowing that gap you know uh, to the to the fastest guys that on gravel last year, starting at the beginning of the season, we were maybe on average two second and a half per k, you know, a second a k off the the top guys. So you know, we want to we want to be taking steps to to close that down even more this year. Um, I think consistent results, getting the experience on on all of these rallies is is critical for us this year. Um, and I think a big part of the, the logic and the reasoning of jumping up into WRC2 this year is that you know, we, we want to be building um, the awareness um, of our story on yeah, an international stage for sure, but for sure in the U.S. is that we want to be telling the story of this American crew that's, uh, that's over in, in Europe trying to do this crazy thing. Um, so, you know, having the the all live coverage and having the, the footage after the rallies to, to use to cut up into some promotional material for us uh, back in the U.S. is that, you know, we we want to be telling our story uh, far and wide this year to try and, you know, raise some more support to help us take the next steps. And then also is that for, you know, another bonus to WRC2 is having the gravel crew on all of the tarmac rallies because, you know, that's a – that's a skill that that we need to continue building is um, the the processes and the working relationship with those guys because that's something that we certainly intend on on doing uh, more and more of in the future as we hopefully make that step up into the the world championship. So yeah, there's a there's a lot of reasons to to take this next step and to jump up into WRC two and we're we're very very grateful to be there. And we also know that against a guy like Mickelson who has what a decade of experience and more more years in a factory VW world rally car than we have 
in the sport of rallying, or at least than I have in the sport of rallying, is that, yeah, I'm not expecting to beat him this year. But uh, certainly to be closing the gap throughout the season is, is an objective. I suppose, and, and and which is great, and that's why I'm always interested to see what the milestones are that that, that, that kind of people set themselves, and, and I guess that that for me is 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 always interesting to see how that works. And you just mentioned something I was going to come to a little bit later on, but what what sometimes get missed, and I think it gets missed even by you know fans of the sport, you know, in Europe, and 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 and, and you know certainly um, you know the casual fan, if you like, is the team of people around now you've just mentioned obviously you know having a gravel crew and things like that uh, people don't realize that there's so much more to this than what they sometimes see on the tv screen you know i don't know whether you've got you know a personal trainer i don't know whether you've got a sports psychologist i don't know whether you know you've just mentioned your yeah, gravel crew yeah. but, but all of a sudden you know we can be up to seven or eight people here that your average person who's just going to you know Watch WRC Plus, whatever. I've got no idea of the, what's going on behind the scenes. I think it's, I think it's fascinating. I think it's a story which, um, which needs to be told. I think that the bigger story, not necessarily just all the stories being in the car, I think the stories behind the car and behind the scenes are, are, can be just as interesting. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm very, very grateful to have a, a big network, um, of people who I work with who were, you know, we're all sort of focused on this goal of, uh, getting Alex and I into the World Rally Championship is that I, I do some training at 321 Perform, which is you know, a French driver development center down in the Pyrenees where a certain Seb Ogier has been training since the beginning of his career. Um, I believe Craig Breen and Pierre-Louis Lebe also do some training there. So, um, you know, that's, that's a place where I spend quite a bit of time. You know, I think cumulatively over the course of a year, I'll spend a month, month and a half there. Um, Alex and I are both getting fitness programs from uh, Dr. Rada Jukic from Sparta Medic. Um, he's a guy who I know from my sports car racing days, super eccentric, amazing, brilliant <laughs> sports physiologist who writes the fitness programs for Alex and I. So we you know, know what we're doing um, you know, in between the rallies when we're, when we're at home. Um, yeah, and Dr. Rada also comes and supports us at at the rallies, and we'll be there at the Arctic Rally. Um, yeah, I work with a, a sports psychologist in the U.S. I have you know almost weekly conversations with him. Um, you know, we've been working more with Alex Benge this this year, who you know XWRC um, driver, lots of experience, used to be gravel crew driver for Ogier. Um, you know, he's at the tests, you know, sits in the right seat next to me once once I learn the road and is giving me feedback on my driving. We also talk a lot about notes, especially at Monty. He was doing some coaching for our gravel crew. Um, yeah, we've got Crazy Leo and Michael Gilby, you know, acting as our gravel crew. Um, and they're both super committed and, and just incredible, uh, incredibly passionate rally fans. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the list goes on. And uh, so it's... It's a big, big collective effort for sure. Do you think um, the guys back home realise um, just you know how big you know because Santa Lock has got a great deal of heritage and history in the sport as well, and you know rallying's got a very interesting perception I think in the states and you know I've never been to a rally at the states so I could be massively well off but obviously I've been involved with it way back when in the business side and stuff like that when we were 
um, helping teams get out there, you know, some of the bigger teams back in the day. Um, but to me, there's always been kind of, you know, obviously at the moment you've got Super USA, Vermont, and then a lot of private, smaller teams. You know, it's kind of like this pinnacle at the top. And obviously McKenna's out there doing really well now with McKenna Motorsport. But other than that, everybody else is kind of, you know, a couple of pals kind of running a rally car, uh, you know, at the back of a pickup truck, so to speak. Um, you know, so there's a perception perhaps that that's seen. Do you think that there's a, an appreciation and perhaps a grasp back home, which is how professional a level you're now at? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. And that's that's sort of the funny thing is that um, I've never actually, sadly, never driven a rally in the U.S. I would I would love to do it at some point. But, um, yeah, Alex and I have been clear that for, for our career pr- progression, where we're looking to go is that we need to be focusing on on the rallying over here in Europe. And certainly with our, uh, our video series that, you know, we put together with Dirtfish, um, we're, we're trying to tell some of the behind the scenes stories of, uh, of what goes on at, at the rallies and what's happening, um, you know, with guys like Dr. Rada. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's hard to, uh, it's, it's hard to really see all the different levels, um, that, uh, yeah, you know, the all the different levels that work is taking place on here over in in Europe, and I think that's also why Alex and I are here um, because you know I come from this you know European sports car racing perspective, and uh, and so we're we're sort of just applying the the same uh, the same process to the the rallying, and yeah, you know, I think it's working out so far, and for sure we need to continue refining our processes, but um, yeah, we're we're putting one foot in front of the other and and doing our best. Alex, from, from, from your side, if I can bring you back in, obviously, you know, uh, this is, obviously, this is what you've been working towards is the passion. Obviously, you've still, you've still got a, a full-time position as well. Obviously, you've got an earn a living as well and, and everything else. And you're, you're trying to train. Obviously, you've got training programs. Just how tough a balance is it for you trying to do this with COVID and travel and stuff like that, as well as have a career? Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's- it's difficult and it's busy. I mean, it's nice that when, uh, you know, when rallies do get canceled, obviously I have, uh, something else to, to do, uh, and, and fall back on and work on. Um, it is, I guess, a balancing act. I'm always, uh, trying to figure out ways to be able to mix, um, different aspects together, whether that's, uh, riding the exercise bike while I have a, a, a big, um, you know, uh, like all hands call <laughs> <laughs> or, um, just trying to, you know, balance the responsibilities between, um, you know, both rallying and my professional career and, you know, the training and all that stuff throughout the day. Um, but I like it. I think, you know, as far as, as far as I'm concerned, it works, it works for me. Sometimes there's the old saying that, you know, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Um, I feel like just having, Things I know need to get done all the time helps me be a bit more efficient and effective. And, you know, when I'm at rallies, I think the workload's quite overwhelming. So um, it's not such a big jump going from, you know, the daily life, which is quite busy, to um, the rallying weeks, which are obviously insane. Absolutely. Sean, how do you, obviously, you, you know, Alex has probably, has probably got a distraction there. Uh, you know, you, I know you were doing some coaching, driver coaching and stuff at, at circuits and stuff. I think back in Germany last time we spoke, obviously that type of work's been affected. How do you kind of, you know, what, 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 what's your, what's your routine, I guess, at the moment? How are you keeping busy? 
Um, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I used to be the uh, yeah sim development driver and and sim coach at my old Porsche racing team, but with uh, with COVID, that you know they needed to cut that position, so I'm no longer doing that. Um, so yeah, I'm still just paying myself <laughs> German minimum wage to pay for my apartment and my cell phone and stuff like that here. Um, but that means I get to just focus on my fitness. Um, spend some time in the sim at home, um, you know, supporting my, my girlfriend. You know, she works at, uh, at a hospital here in Germany on a Corona, um, wing of the hospital. So wow. yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, there supporting her as well. Cause that's, uh, you know, sometimes she, she has to work night shifts. Um, yeah, doing some readings. It, it's, it's been, uh, it's definitely been a, a tougher winter without, you know, with all the lockdowns that normally how I'd also use my time is, you know, I love route climbing. So either going outside or, you know, in the bouldering gym or the climbing gym, um, or, you know, doing a trip down to, to Austria to go snowboarding. But yet yeah, none of that's been, been possible this winter. So it's, uh, it's definitely been a little bit more of a isolated and, and boring winter. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing my best to keep the spirits up. I know. That uh, that a lot of other people have it even worse. So I'm I'm grateful for the stability that I do have for sure. Good on you. Good on you. Um, to to, to wrap up and put a, a, a nice little bow on this, so to speak. The the schedule for this year, as we mentioned at the top, really, it is a movable schedule. But have you got a number of events kind of uh, in in place at the moment, which we know it can change? But what what is the schedule for this year? I mean, we're hoping to do at least six. Uh, European rounds. Um, it's looking like we have the budget for sure to do six. Um, so yeah, you know, we're we're looking at um, the constellation of different events and the different surfaces that we want to try and do. Um, and of course, that's always going to be flexible with uh, <laughs> with whatever happens with with COVID. Um, but yeah, then we're going to be you know, throughout the season as we hopefully continue to um, score points and. Um, hopefully get a, a couple decent results in the bags that we're, we're really going to be pushing to, to raise the money for that seventh flyway round and, and do one of those at the end of the season. So whether that's Chile or Japan, um, again, also depending on <laughs> which one of them ends up happening, you know, that's, that's uh, a goal for us is that that's, that's not set yet. That's not fixed, but we're working on it. Good man. Good man. Alex, uh, this is the, as we record this, this is kind of what 48 hours before, you're due to, to climb on board an aircraft. Um, what, what, what's happening over the next 48 hours for you, Alex? Cause I'm, I'm assuming it, it's, it's a busy 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I'll go get my COVID test this afternoon after this call and then, um, read through. Well, fortunately, last night I was able to read through the latest bulletin, but of course, um, that also means there's probably going to be more bulletins and more reorganization that comes along. Um, I think Monty was the most changes I've ever had to do to a event schedule since, um, you know, the, the, uh, changes to the curfew kept changing leading up to the rally. So I think I had to redo the movement schedule and itinerary, um, about three times. <laughs> um, hopefully it's not uh, quite as complicated this time and it looks to be a bit more simple. So doing all that, um, and just trying to sort out all the logistical side of things and, and be ready to go. Um, I think at this point, as far as, you know, all my documents and that sort of thing, they're all, they're all my schedules, they're all completed. So I can start looking at, uh, onboards, uh, from the previous years. Um, I was able to just for fun watch a little bit of 
one of my old favorite rally tapes last night, which is uh, Snow Rally Experience, which is Colin McRae and Ari Oh, Bach yeah, we talked about board. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, on the 1992 Arctic Rally. Um, and it has the maps and everything in there, too. So uh, the first stage, well, the second stage on the video is actually the shakedown. So uh, I guess we got an extra <laughs> onboard perspective before we uh, tackle that on, uh, you know, next next Friday morning. <laughs> Wow. I, I, you know what? I, I, I think we, we, we have spoken about, but I had forgot about yeah. it and it makes me want to try and dig my copy out now. God knows where a VHS tape will be now, though. <laughs> well, the, ni- the nice thing is, is like all of, I have that VHS tape like in a box at my dad's house somewhere. Um, but Duke Video has the, the digital version. So I was able to just download it. Um, and watch it on my uh, new new fancy TV. So get you, get you. Cool. You see, yeah, I'm still, <laughs> I, I've still got a VHS video recorder somewhere. I'm thinking, <laughs> in my head, I'm thinking, how can I put the VHS tape on? Where is you see? This is see, Sean. This is what you've got. You've got you've got a smart co-driver. He's he's three steps ahead. He's he's done it. I've got a very very smart co-driver, and I'm I'm grateful for that. Yeah, he, he, been, saves, uh, he saves our collective ass. are you a driver sean right and i'm guilty of this do you know you get a movement schedule i'm guessing of some sort from alex does does that movement schedule literally tell you when you need to go and take a dump um it it should well i mean it's it's kind of implicit at this point is that he knows my he's got a movement schedule for my movements and uh yeah i mean he 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 knows and i know that okay there's there's that three minute break there perfect it's gonna be that's gonna be more than enough it'll be good yeah, yeah, good stuff. Listen, <laughs> boys, uh, it, it has been an absolute joy to speak to you twice, albeit one recorded, one didn't, but it's still, <laughs> it's still been great fun. Um, have a fantastic, safe Arctic rally, and we will get you back uh, in a couple of months' time. We'll check in with you. So, uh, boys, stay safe, have a fantastic event, and uh, we'll catch you up soon, okay? Fantastic, no worries at all. Folks, we'll be back after this break. This is Absolute Rally. Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Thanks to Alex and Sean joining us, as I say, again. Another man who is joining us again. I'm going full disclosure this week. I'm actually just holding my hand up and saying, yeah, I dropped a bollock. Um, is, is Luke Barry, who's, who ironically, Luke, had complained he'd never actually been been on Absolute Rally before, and now he's been on twice in a week. But again, you don't hear that first one either. So there you go. Welcome back, Luke. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks, Tony. I, I think complained is certainly harsh on my front. I, I like to hold my hands up, but nobody will hear the proof, so nobody knows who's right or who's wrong there. But Absolutely. Fair, no, play, fair play to you for owning up to that. I wasn't going to mention it. Mate. So there you go. Mate, mate, it's 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 how it works. And anybody who doesn't, you know, it's it, it's full. Of, we do smoke and mirrors, and we just pull them aside. Um, so, yeah, so I've, I've, it's only happened once before where, and I'll tell you who it was. So you're in quite good, you're in quite good company. Hayden Padden. And this, must be, this must be about three years ago, maybe now. Um, and it was me, Ryan, and Hayden. And we had a cracking chat. Uh, really top draw. And I got to the end of it and I went, right, thanks, boys. See you soon. Dink. Went into the file and started getting ready to send over to the producer. And the, the file hadn't made it to where it should have been. And um, it was gone. And I had to send Hayden a message saying, I'm really, really sorry. We won't be able to use it because it didn't record. And uh, he said, oh, just, let's just do it again then. I'll bring me back now. 
and we just did it all over again. Fair play to him. Fair so, play. No, he's a top bloke. He's always been he's always been good to us when uh, whenever we ask him, he always comes on, and he's always been uh, great fun as well. So uh, I think a lot to do with the fact I think he's got a bit of a soft spot for for, for Ryan Subaru. I think a lot of it comes from that, but um, still, yeah, that, that would do it. That yeah, do it. I think yeah. so. Um, Luke, the reason, not the only reason, obviously, we we're going to get you on. Obviously, you've not been on before, which I find mind blowing because I've known you for such a, a long time and I've spoke to you for such a long time. And I thought genuinely, I knew you through you coming on the podcast, and clearly, uh, I, I was completely mis- selling myself down the river because it just hadn't <laughs> even it, that had never even happened, as it turns out. But um, there's been quite a big story in the UK, um, or certainly. In, in England, um, over the last few months with regards to, obviously, we, we know rallying is, is at, you know, is on a, a big pause at the moment, um, all, all over the place, let alone just in England. But, um, one thing that did come out during last year was this, um, Forestry England put out uh, a report asking people to write into them and give reasons why rallying is important, you know, for, 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 for the English forests, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I certainly sent a message to them. I know several other people that did. And, you know, I must admit when I was pressing send on that, I kind of thought it might have been an empty gesture, but how wrong was I? Yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's, it's good to see that the motorsport community, we, we sort of stood up for ourselves on this one, didn't we? Because we all, we all collectively, or I shouldn't say collective, actually, we all individually sent out responses instead of having one collective letter. And I understand that actually was quite a big factor in convincing Forest England that allowing us back into their forest was a good thing. Now, obviously, you mentioned, I think it was September last year this came out, but it was kind of at the worst possible time for us all, wasn't it? Because we were all kind of missing our sport quite a lot. We'd had the M Sport event a month before, but... You and I are both there, Tony. That, I think that kind of felt like a little bit of a false dawn. Like it was exciting that we were back out, but we kind of knew it'd still be another while until after that. So we got this bad news that we might not be allowed back into forest again, just at the wrong moment, really. We did kick us when we were down. But as you say, it's great to see that we, we stood up for ourselves. Forest England are happy to work with us to create a more sustainable future. I'm sure we'll go on to discuss what that could mean in a second. But yeah, it's it's great to have I finally have a good news story to talk about in this country in terms of rallying because we've kind of been lacking them for a while now. Uh, you know, and and you know that that's that's a concern. I think we we need something. I think collectively, I think we all need something to look forward to. Um, you know, which is something which I've been speaking to several people about um, about you know, the future of certain championships and stuff. Uh, quite recently, not not necessarily to do with the podcast, but you know, certainly from from our involvement and in other things. But um, from the point of view of of this, this was a bit of a dark cloud, which I suppose had been buried. It felt like it was a little bit buried in the news because obviously the bigger issue at the moment, is, of course, is COVID. Uh, but you know, it, the frightening scenario was is you know. Um, we know what the guys went through over in Wales, obviously, with, with regards to, you know, Rally for Wales and things like that. And we thought, you know, are we back in the realms of, you know, are we going to have to start necessarily fighting and taking control ourselves, et cetera, et cetera? You know, is that going to be the business model that is going to have to go forward here in England? That, you know, that hasn't had to be in the case. And it, and it looks like, you know, Forestry England and, and Motorsport UK and, and, and various other parties, you know, want to come together now and, 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 and work together as a group. Yeah, yeah, I think the working together is, is key, and no matter how you look at it, whether that be the governing bodies, whether that be all of us competitors, fans, in my case, media, we all need to now pull together and make sure we do the right things to help rally go forward, because 
as much as we'd all love to sort of look back and say how great rallies used to be and how much longer the gravel rallies used to be and all this and that, it's not. The world is different now. It's changed. I think the most key part of that is now that obviously electric vehicles at some point or another are probably going to end up filtering into NASA rally. We're seeing that next year with hybrid technology, the WRC. Some might argue that's too late. We're seeing it with Hayden Padden's project in New Zealand. It's 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 coming. It's not it's not something that we can shy away from, whether we like it or not. Um, but yeah, it is to, for me encouraging to see that people are openly having more discussions. I feel now than before, and I might be wrong in saying that. Somebody please correct me if I am. But it feels like we're now more open to sort of looking at where we can go um, to sort of improve things. I know Hugh Chambers published something in Motorsport UK's Revolution magazine. He was very kind of honest about where rallying in this country is, mostly in regards to the World Championship, because we've obviously lost our round, as it were, speaking from Richard's perspective, of the WRC. Um, but as I say, if, you don't need us to tell you how important English forests have been in the history of rallying, and it would have been a great shame not to have had places like Kielder, Grisdale, Yorkshire and Dolby, all these classic stages, to not have that would have been a great massive blow and miss to our country's rallying scene. So it's great that we can now have that. We just have to see now what sort of deal is struck going forward. Well, I was just going to say, I think the other thing is moving forward. And I know, um, again, a good mate of mine, Jamie Edwards, obviously, we mentioned Rally for Wales before. He's certainly been doing something on Twitter with regards to, you know, how do we need to look at the sport? Does the sport need to change? And, you know, it is a resounding yes from me. And, um, you know, I think how we go rallying, you know, I was speaking to somebody, uh, a company I work with over in Spain who, who are involved with rallying over there. And, you know, the way they go rallying is, is very different. You know, you know, they turn up on the morning, they take the car off the trailer, they run three stages one way and three stages the other. And then they'll have a break for lunch and then they'll run three stages the other way again and then three stages the other. And that's the end of the event. It's done. Put the car back on the trailer and, 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 and it goes home. I think, uh, you know, while that won't be everybody's cup of tea, I think there's actually a really strong argument now. And, you know, we'll use the M Sport event is a very, very good example of, of how we can go rallying. Um, in a in inverted commas COVID friendly way, but also on a cost effective way as well. Um, and we're not spending, you know, necessarily, you know, a lot of money on function rooms to sign on for rallies, you know, which I just think is bonkers. You know, we're, we're trying to find, you know, uh, rooms in hotels, you know, in the back end of a, ta- a town that while somebody on the somebody thought it would be a good idea to take it to a town, nobody in the town actually thinks it's a good idea to take it to town. What are we trying? What are we trying to achieve? Let's stop kidding ourselves. You know, uh, I, I think we need to understand that the people who are paying for rallying, i.e. the competitors, it needs to be tailored more to them than one man and his dog necessarily at a start. You know, let's, let's just re, re, realize what it is. You know, let's, let's, let's strip it back and go, well, what are we trying to do? What are we trying to provide? And all these things, I think, have to come into play and have to come into the psyche of people moving forward. Yeah, I think you were actually one of the people that I ended up quoting saying that after the M-Sport event for Motorsport News Tony, actually. <laughs> but it's, it's definitely an interesting debate. I'm not going to get involved too much in it because I'm, I don't know much from the competing side. I've never done it before, so I, I can't comment too far. All I will say is I think we are now finding ourselves at a bit of a crossroads where we need to kind of decide where we want to go. Changes have to happen regardless then you mentioned the M Sport event that's come up quite a lot in this conversation and I think it's actually a shame that we didn't have many events hot off the back of that not just because we don't have to go rallying but because there was actually a lot of 
things that the organisers did there that I think will work going forward, regardless of COVID or, or not. I think the, the key ones, as you sort of alluded to a little bit, was the sort of contactless scrutineering, sort of self-sign-on. There was the contactless time cards as well, which I think were brilliant. And it's worth saying, actually, that before we forget, the Welsh event at the start of December in Richard Keane's place, I'm not going to bother pronouncing it in Welsh. I'll butcher it and upset our <laughs> Welsh friends. So we'll go with that. You all know what I'm talking about. Um, but that event, they did similar things. Their cause was to prove that rallies can run under this time. And I, and I know that the team behind the Cambrian rally, at the very least, are, are working to implement stuff they've learned there into this year's event. So there is proactivity happening. And I think, with regards to your question, I'm going to try and come back to it. I think the counter-argument might be, some would argue, if they're trying to attract sponsors to it, it might be more difficult to convince them if it's hidden away. But as you say, <laughs> how, how many drivers are really picking up sort of, how do I phrase this, high street sort of big brand sponsors? It's not that many. I and think a lot of this stuff can be done via social media there anyway. So, uh, I, and, and listen, I agree. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but you, you've obviously not heard it yet. But at the top of the podcast, we had we had Sean Johnson and, and Alec Karani. Now, completely different end of the, the spectrum to national rally, but he's sponsored by an American berry company. Yeah, Driscoll's, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, how relevant is is that to <laughs> where you know to some of the WRC events he's doing? It's not the building something, the building something outside of that, and it's 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 the story of what he's trying to do in the, you know, they're doing it in a very clever way. It's absolutely, you know, I, I, I'm I, I'm sure I'm not speaking out of turn here, but it's absolutely nothing to do with you know the delivery on the side of the car. Almost, you know, it's it's so much bigger than that. And, you know, so, you know, I I can only speak from a, a personal point of view. And I, I do get I get a little bit edgy, edgy, I suppose, when it comes to stuff like this, because I've been sponsored and I've sponsored people and I've done been involved with various things. The, the name on the car is simply the receipt for the money. That's it. It's actually it makes no difference whatsoever. No difference whatsoever. And I, I won't have it. It makes a nice photograph. And I've got nice photographs in my office of various teams and drivers that we've supported over the last 20 years. Yes, it looks lovely. But the reality is anybody ever got any business from it? I'm highly, highly skeptical. I had a mate, Luke, and this is a true story. When we used to go and watch BRC, when you were, you were probably weren't even born. Let's not even think about that. <laughs> but there well, was, what, what, what year was it, Tony? Let's test that. Theory. I'm trying to remember what year it was, but yeah, you'll, you'll remember there was, um, there was uh, an Evo that did the BRC, I think it was, and it was one. I'm sure it was one of the Finnish drivers, and somebody will put me straight. And I was come up in the podcast before, but they were sponsored by Kitty Cat or something like that, or the equivalent. And my mate always used to joke, oh, "I haven't, f- I haven't fed the cat. We'll have to go." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that was kind of really tongue in cheek or whatever. So, you know, who's uh, the, the 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 attraction of of a, uh, the attraction of sponsors? I kind of agree, but I can quite easily, you know, if it's not WRC level, I can easily take that apart. Um, yeah. Rallying is paid for predominantly by people who have made money or families that have made money and gone rallying. So it should be catered to the people who are paying for it, not the people who are not paying for it. Yeah, I think I think either way, the, the encouraging thing is you and I now have gone on a completely different tangent to what we intended. But I think that's positive is we are. And it's not just you and I that are doing this. We, like, we've actually done this before on, on separate sort of private conversations. But 
everyone's doing it with their friends, with, with on forums, on Facebook. There's there are discussions that are happening of where we need to go. And I've, your Spanish example is quite an interesting one because I, I feel, and I might get shot down for this, I'm not sure, but I feel like as a country, I guess we've we've not really moved on the game very much in the last sort of ten to twenty years. I think if you were to go to a rally twenty years ago and you went to one now, yes, there'd be various aspects that are different, but a lot of what's happening is probably the same. It's, I, 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 was doing it. Can, I was doing it, Luke. I can tell yeah, you well, it's the same. <laughs> well, you, you, so you can argue that's sort of obvious because obviously there's certain aspects to a rally that are always going to be the same no matter what, but equally, if you think about how the world is now compared to, say, the year 2001, it's, it's a, lot, a lot different. So I think there is kind of a warning sign if you want to use it retrospectively that we probably do need to try and evolve practice. I guess the issue is people don't tend to like change very much. So whenever we try and do these things, it can get it can be like talking to a brick wall. But we'll just have to see. I, I think with this gap we've had, it's been getting on for a year since we've had a. I think the last championship rally in this country or multi venue championship rally was the Malcolm Wilson in March. Yeah, so March. That's, that's, yeah. yeah. So that's what almost a year ago since we had, which is just crazy. Um, so do I think what, in should, that should, t- you know what though, Luke? Sorry. I think it would be a very, very sad situation that, you know, Touchwood, we, we, we do kind of get, get rallying again and stuff like that, that we just revert back to the way it was. And we yeah. haven't took this time to actually go, do you know what? We can do this better. And every every business throughout this period, and I own businesses, and I have people who work for me, et cetera, et cetera, and I, I know friends who own businesses and co- colleagues and stuff like that, we've all had the look at how to do things better. And I think it's a very, very sad state of affairs if rallies as individuals and as championships as well as who, who, who obviously uh, run, that the, if, they, if they haven't took that time, that year, to, to, to say, do you know what, we can run leaner, whether it's people or whatever it may be, or you know the finances or whatever, we can certainly run better if that doesn't happen, then I think it's a very, very sad state of affairs that will be wasted a year. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what that's actually a very good way of putting what I was trying to say to him. So thanks for that. You no simply wrapped it up. There you go. That's <laughs> what I'm here for, Luke. <laughs> exactly. So you, you, you're not just here to control the train set, as everyone jokes about, is it? You're, you're here to wrap it all up neatly as well. And put a nice little bow on it and go, that's it. There you go. We've nailed it. Happy days. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we, we we could effectively end the podcast after three minutes. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, that's not, that's not entertaining, is it? I no, it's not. Hear the bickering and the bickering and the opinions. Yeah, but yeah, they all want to uh, uh, basically Jack give me a hard time saying it's my train set. Trev be grumpy, uh, and 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 Ryan try to use the same joke that he's used for the last six years in every episode. So <laughs> so yeah. You may or may not spot that one, but uh, but yeah. So there you go, Luke. Um, listen, I, we we ended up going off on tangents all over the place, but as ever, that's 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 the beauty of what this is. It, it never really has a a script or a plan around it anyway. But uh, it would be great if we could see where we are in six months' time, and maybe have this conversation again and see whether anything's changed. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. As I hopefully we have seen some rallies between now and then fingers crossed there's you, depending on what you believe and who you speak to there's a chance of that happening but who knows but yes as you say i think conversations are ongoing between forestry england motorsport uk and the autocycle union to work out what's going on so we should hear something soon so there'll be plenty to talk about no doubt 
I hope so. I hope so. Luke, um, I, apologies again for not having you on before, although technically I've had you on before, so I don't really need to apologise just that nobody heard it. So <laughs> there you go. Um, but no, folks, it has been um, it has been a challenging episode, it has to be said, and none of the boys are here to laugh at me. Uh, no doubt they will next week. But um, I, I, we do appreciate the download, and um, again, we're working with Kielder on a new quiz and um, we've already started talking to them this week. We're really, really excited. I think the wheel quiz was possibly one of the best things we ever did on the podcast. So we're kind of working towards that level of quiz again, which was incredibly difficult. Um, but the fact that we had entries from Yari Matty Latvala and Craig Green on the last one just cracked me up, to be honest with you. <laughs> it was brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, so there you go. Um, so, yeah, so we are working towards something. There's going to be a quiz uh, or a competition to win some Keel the Goodies again. So uh, stay tuned for that one. If you can leave us a review, um, five-star reviews on iTunes do make a difference. We've had some wonderful ones um, over the last few months, and I do appreciate it. Uh, the Mac Daddy of podcasts was one one comment. I love that. Love that. God bless you. Thank you for leaving that. Uh, I think it was Matthew Hurst who left that. So thank you. Um, so, yeah, folks, that has been the podcast for this week. We will be back um, in some kind of normality, so to speak, with the other boys next week. Certainly, I'm not too sure which boys will be available. Ryan is away doing something secretive again. Um, so whether he can come and talk to us about it next week, I really, really don't know. I hope he will because I think it's really interesting. Uh, but in the meantime, that has been your podcast for this week. We do appreciate the download. Please, please, please spread the love, spread the word. We'll be back same time, same place in your podcast hole next week. Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Spread the word and download the podcast every week.